Fantastic. Well, good morning, guys. Great to see you, and um, it's great to be together. Wasn't it lovely to, to hear from Sean and Kirsty earlier? And um, it was great just to, just, I, I love, I've obviously got to spend some time with the guys, you know, at, at other points too, and just at every time, just love seeing how open and honest and just how from the heart everything is for them, and the way that God is just working in their lives is just um, wonderful to see. Um, it's really great. And we're continuing our series today on, on freedom, and um, why don't we just kick ourselves off with um, the video intro um, from last week. That'd be great, guys. Thank you. really simple stuff, isn't it? And, you know, a couple of words on each slide, really simple stuff. But do you know what I think that's what following Jesus is all about? It's about freedom. You know, God's heart for you, God's heart for me is that we would know freedom, that we would be set free, that we would be a people who are living free, and that we would be people who bring freedom to others. You know, and and when I... Come to uh, baptisms, hearing Kirsty and Sean's stories, spending time with them, getting ready for today. You know, whenever we come to, to celebrate a, a baptism and the decision that, that a person has made to, to be baptized, one of the reasons that I love it is because I think every time we come to that place, we hear the stories in all the different forms and the different ways that it, it, it kind of comes across. It captures something of God's heart. You know, God's heart to, to set us free from, from guilt and to wash us clean and to give us a new beginning. God's heart to, to set us free and to bring us into relationship with him and to know him personally. God's heart to set us free to, to really enjoy and experience life as he intended us to. You know, and when it, it comes down to it, what we're, what we're celebrating today captures the heart of God and the whole reason that Jesus came. The whole reason that Jesus died, it was so that we could be set free. So that we could be a people who live free and bring freedom to others. You know, and, and as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we began this series, I think this one word freedom essentially sums up in one way or another the greatest longings and the greatest needs that each and every one of us have. You know, whether... You know Jesus or not, freedom is something that deep down you long for. You might not put it into that word, but essentially comes down to wanting to be free from insecurities or fears or worries that hold us back and limit us. Or freedom from sickness or illness or disease or freedom from past hurts that we carry with us that that hold us down. Freedom from addictions or bad habits, from guilt or from shame. Essentially, freedom in one way or another from whatever it is that weighs us down, that holds us back, that controls us, and that stops us from being able to enjoy and to live life as we really want to, from being fully alive. 
But the good news for each one of us, just as I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, and if you weren't here, then I encourage you to go onto the website and to, to listen to that message. The good news is that just as freedom is our greatest need, so freedom is God's great purpose. And so the solution to our great need is never going to be found in what it is that we can do. It's never going to be found in simply trying harder or reading self-help books or self-help books or any of the different things that we look to. The solution is never going to be what we can do. It's about who we know. It's about a person. It's about Jesus. You know, and so as Kirsty and Sean are baptized today, and as we celebrate with them the fact that they have been set free, the fact that they are enjoying a new life with God, the reason that we celebrate isn't because of something that they're doing. The reason that we celebrate is because of who they have come to know and who they have come to put their trust in. And we find a fantastic promise about what has happened to Kirsty and Sean as they put their trust in Jesus and what happens to each one of us when we make the decision to follow him in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 should pop up on the screen behind me. This is what Paul writes, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that's if anyone has put their trust in Jesus, surrendered Jesus, invited Jesus into their life, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Isn't that an amazing promise? One of the things that I love in this is that, that God isn't trying to get us to live better lives or to be nicer people. He isn't just trying to improve our lives that we already have. Instead, he gives us a completely new life. The old life isn't just cleaned up and made to be a bit more presentable. We're given a brand new life. A brand new start and a brand new identity. And this change in identity, this new life and this new beginning is given to us in an instant. As we put our trust in Jesus. As we're taken out of that place where we were once trapped in wrong thinking about ourselves or about the world. We're taken out of that place where we've been trapped in cycles of wrong behavior and bad habits and bad decisions. Take it out of that place where we beat ourselves up because we feel guilty. And we're set free in an instant. We're a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Here's the problem. And I touched on it a couple of weeks ago. But the problem is that while this change is instant, I think we can be a little bit like this ugly duckling in that old story. I'm sure most of you know the story of the ugly duckling. It's the story of a duckling who um, hatches uh, amongst a whole load of different eggs. And he just happens to be different from all the other ducklings. He's got brown feathers instead of yellow. He makes um, different noises to what all the other ducklings make. And he just doesn't fit in. And so after the ugly duckling has been teased again and again and laughed at. And his siblings have told him to go away. Because he just doesn't fit in, he's not like them, he's ugly. In the end, he believes what's being said. And he allows what's been said to form his identity. And he runs away and he hides from everyone because he believes he's just too ugly. And while he's hiding, a transformation happens that he has no idea about. And he grows into a beautiful swan. But even though he's now a swan, he's still living like an ugly duckling. 
That's still the way that he sees himself. And so when a group of swans come flying overhead and they see him as they come and they land and they say to him, wow, what a beautiful swan you are. He can't believe it. Until he looks in the lake and he sees his reflection and he realizes the transformation that's taken place. And you know, so often I think we can be like the ugly duckling. We've gotten so used to struggling with insecurities or fears, so used to giving in to temptation, so used to seeing ourselves in a particular way, that when Jesus comes along and he says, look at you, you're a beautiful swan. We just find it hard to believe. And it might be that we accept what Jesus says in some areas of our lives, but in other areas... It just seems too good to be true. And we struggle with things and we hold on to things which hold us back and weigh us down and leave us feeling trapped. Stop us from being free. And yet Jesus says, when you trust in me, I make you a new creation. Not just renovated, not just tarted up completely new the old has entirely gone all of that that you used to struggle with all of your old ways of thinking about yourself all of the old things that you felt trapped in i done away with and the new has come and as we maybe struggle to accept that and we look at our lives and think, well, that's not what it looks like when I look at me. And it, it takes time to, to let go of things. And we struggle with it as we try to learn how to walk in the freedom that, that Christ has won for us. I'm encouraged by the fact that I don't think we're alone in that struggle. I don't think it's anything new. Because this is what, what Paul writes when he's writing to, to the Galatians in, cha- in chapter 5, verse 1. He says this, he says, it is for freedom. That Christ has set us free. Jesus has set us free. It's done it. It's happened. It's that transformation has occurred. We can enjoy freedom in its fullness. But then Paul goes on and says, stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, the reality is that Jesus died to set us free. And when we put our trust in him, when we choose to follow him and accept him into our lives, we receive that freedom. That transformation takes place. We are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. There is freedom from guilt, freedom from the power of sin at work in us, pulling us down and making us get trapped in wrong thinking and wrong behavior. But even though Jesus sets us free, we can still allow ourselves to become burdened by our old way of thinking and living again. We can still allow ourselves to be pulled down by guilt and beat ourselves up. We can still allow ourselves to be crippled by insecurities and fears. We can still allow ourselves to get caught up in temptation and do things that we know that we shouldn't. And so Paul says, stand firm. Reject those things. Don't allow yourself to become burdened again. Elsewhere, I love the imagery that Paul uses when he he talks about putting off the old self, like taking off this old dirty coat and getting rid of it. Have nothing to do with it. And instead, put on the new self. Put on the new coat of your identity in Jesus. 
And Paul wants to get across to us that when we truly understand our identity in Jesus, when we truly understand that we're a new creation and that all that Jesus has done for us, and when we stand firm on that truth, we will be free. We will experience and we will know freedom. Free from having to measure up to what other people think. Free from having to try and protect our reputation. Free from having to try and earn and be deserving of God's love or other people's love who we know. Free to be all that God created us to be. Free to love and to receive love. Free to know and to be known. And in the midst of this, I think Paul's little statement, stand firm, is so important. And it's so important because, do you know, if I'm completely honest with you, when I'm not alert and when I don't stand firm on this truth, I can find myself so easily drifting back into old ways of thinking and struggling with old bad habits. I remember times when I've, I've felt distant from God and, and I felt like somehow I've needed to earn a, a sense of, uh, of being close to him again. By reading my Bible this much and by spending this much time in prayer, I'm beating myself up when I don't. I know I've had times where I've felt trapped in a cycle of of wrong behavior or wrong thinking. And I felt like, what's the point in even fighting it anymore? Because I just end up giving it up anyway. I give in anyway. And this is why Paul writes to the followers of Jesus. And he says to them, stand firm. Stand firm on the truth. Keep coming back to who Jesus is, what he's done. Don't allow yourself to live like you're trapped anymore. He's set you free. And the whole reason that he set you free was so that you could enjoy freedom. So to help us stand firm, I just want to talk about some of the things that I think we can find ourselves trapped in. Some of the old ways of doing things and thinking about things that we need to reject. Or as Paul says, to put off. And I'm going to try and keep it fairly personal. You know what's going on in your life. So I'll just share with you what can go on in mine. And some of the truths then about our new identity in Jesus that we need to remind ourselves of if we're going to enjoy freedom. So to share with you personally for a minute, I know that for me one of the key things that has kept me trapped, that has limited me and controlled me, and God has had to work on in my heart and help me to come free from, is the wrong thinking that somehow my identity, my value, my worth, my acceptance is based upon my performance. That how much I'm accepted, how much I'm loved, how much I'm valued is based upon how good I am and how successful I am and the way that other people see me. And that might not sound like a big deal, but when you begin to unpack the implications of how that's lived out, then you begin to realize that when you live out of that way, you become controlled by a fear. A fear of getting it wrong. A fear of making mistakes. A fear of of what other people think of you. And that fear drives you to perform and to succeed and to simply pull away from all of the things that you might risk failing at. All of the things that you don't think you're good at for fear of being mocked and how it might affect the way people see you. 
For me, that meant pouring myself into things like music, where I knew I could be a success, and it meant uh, pulling away from things. And it gave me a huge insecurity that I still battle with when it came to things like team sports. You realize that living that way means that you're never satisfied. You never feel like anything you do is enough. You become hypercritical. And you're always striving to be better and to achieve more. In short, you're a perfectionist. That's a way of living that can can leave you feeling trapped and insecure and under a weight of pressure that I know all too well. And the reality is that though my identity changed and I was set free in an instant, when I started to follow Jesus, that's what happened. Even though that's the case, it's been an ongoing process over many years of me learning how to stand firm. In that truth. How to put that old way of thinking and that old way of living off. How to get it off of me and how to put on the new way of freedom that Jesus has for me. And the danger is that if we don't wake up and see these things that keep us trapped for what they are. That we simply bring them into how we try to follow Jesus. For example, if we continue to believe that our identity and our worth is based on our performance and we feel this need to perform in order to be valued and accepted, that belief or fear is what ends up driving us as we try to follow God. That belief or fear drives us to make changes in our behaviour because we we know that God wants to work in our lives. We know he wants to bring about change and to, to do these different things. And he calls us to live in this particular way. But And so we try and do all of those things. But we're driven out of a fear. And a need to perform. So we do the right things but from the wrong motivation. Because we feel we've got to do it in order to be accepted. In order to be accepted in church. In order to be accepted by God. And when we make mistakes and when we mess up, we sink under this seemingly endless weight of guilt and shame. But the reality is that because we're a new creation, it's not about our performance. It's not about how good we are or how bad we are. There is nothing that we can do to earn God's favour or his forgiveness or his love. In order to know God's favour, in order to know God's forgiveness, in order to know God's love, all that we need is Jesus. And when God looks on us, he doesn't see our performance. He doesn't see our successes. He doesn't see our failures. He sees Jesus. And so there is nothing that we can do that will make God love us more and there is nothing that we can do that will make God love us less. Because he just sees Jesus. And as much as that may be the truth and as much as that may be familiar to many of you here and you know it in your head, do you know what? It's a truth that we all need to be continually reminded of and to remind ourselves of. It's a truth that I need to continually remind myself of. So that we will stand firm. And not find ourselves trapped as slaves again to a wrong way of thinking and a wrong way of living. And so it might be that you can relate to my experience and my old way of thinking. And the things which I've had to stand firm against. 
It might be that you've been through similar things. But it may be that where you need to stand firm is very different. It may be that your identity has been shaped by negative words that have been spoken over you. Or abusive ways that you've been treated and those things have become like a cage around you. Maybe that you've just accepted as part of your identity a a struggle with an addiction or a cycle of of wrong choices or bad decisions that you feel trapped in and you've just given up hope. But you know, if there is anything in your life that holds you back from being fully free and able to enjoy life to the full as God intended it for you, God wants you to know today that he has set you free. That you are a new creation, that the old has gone and the new has come. And he wants you to, he wants to come into your life by his spirit and to renew your thinking and help you to begin to walk in that freedom and to live in that freedom and to enjoy that freedom. And as we take off this old way of thinking, then like this old coat, the great thing is that God doesn't leave us naked. He gives us a new coat, a new identity. He makes us a new creation. And so not only can we stand firm in the things that we are not and reject those old ways of thinking, we also need to stand firm and to remind ourselves continually how God sees us and who it is that God has made us to be. Do you know that God says that you are a saint? And when we think of a saint, we tend to think of somebody who's dead. He doesn't see you as dead. We tend to think there was somebody who's, a, who's dead and who lived a long time ago but happened to be a really, really good person. But you know, when we read the Bible, we find that's not the case at all. That's not what it is to be a saint. You know, when you put your trust in Jesus and when you choose to follow him and you are given a new identity, God says, you are a saint. You, uh, no matter what it is that you've done, no matter how you've lived your life, no matter what it is that you might think about yourself, Jesus has made you a new creation. You are brand new. You are a saint and you are set apart for God as holy and dearly loved. And you have no idea how freeing it was for me when that truth sunk from my head to my heart. And I realized I didn't have to work at being holy because God already saw me that way. And it was simply a matter of me learning to live in the way that God already saw me. Do you know, in Jesus, you're a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. And do you know what? That means that you have access to the Father 24-7. That means that you were accepted. That means that you belong. That means that you are part of the family. That means that no matter how distant from God you may feel, because let's be honest, we all feel distant from God sometimes. No matter how distant from God you may feel, the reality is that he is intimately close to you. The reality is that he has placed his spirit in you. And so nothing that you do or you fail to do can separate you from him. And you simply need to come back to rest in that truth again. You don't have to work your way back into his presence. In those times when you feel insecure, remind yourself that you were designed on purpose by God. You were made on purpose by him. He formed you and made you just as you are. And God doesn't make mistakes. You are so precious and so valuable that the king of kings, that your creator was willing to die for you. Do you know what that means? Your value isn't based on the way other people see you because who are they compared to the king of kings? 
And he says, you're worth dying for. You know, as we look to be set free and to experience and enjoy the freedom that God has for us, it is so important that we learn the truth of who God says we are. That we remind ourselves on it, that we meditate on it, that we, that in those times when we waver and we doubt and we find ourselves struggling, that we speak it out loud so that we can stand firm in the freedom that God has for us and not find ourselves getting back trapped in that old way of doing things. So I want to encourage you, stand firm every day. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian for, you need to do it. We all need to do it. When you wake up in the morning, tell yourself, sin is no longer my master. Jesus died for me. He was raised again and he invited me into relationship with him and he has set me free. I'm a new creation, the old has gone and the new has come. So when temptation then comes knocking at your door and you're about to drift into old ways of thinking or old bad habits and you begin to sink into that place where you feel like you're trapped and you're going to give in again and you've got no choice, stand firm and remind yourself that sin is no longer my master. It has no power over me apart from the power I allow it to have apart from the power that I give to it. Because Jesus has set me free. When old insecurities and fears come back, remind yourself that you're a new creation. Stand firm and take off that old way of thinking and remind yourself of who God says you are, that you are precious and valuable, that you're his child, that you are a saint, that you are holy, that you are dearly loved that nothing can separate you from him. That you were designed on purpose. And that the king of kings says, you are worth dying for. So I want you to know today that Jesus came to set you free. He came so that you could be forgiven and be free from guilt, but so much more than that too. It's just the beginning. It's a great and amazing, fantastic, incredible beginning, but it's just the beginning. So if when you're honest with yourself, you know deep down that you have been living life feeling trapped, going round in circles, living under or controlled by insecurities or fears, living without joy or or a sense of meaning or purpose, living trapped in bad decisions. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus can change that. That he came to set you free. So let's learn to stand firm in that truth. And to walk in that freedom. And it might be that as you've heard something of what Kirsty and Sean shared. And saw how much in their hearts they'd been impacted. And how alive they were. And the difference that God had made. Or as you've listened to what it is that I've been talking about. That God has been stirring something in your heart. And do you know why that is? It's because Jesus is there reaching out to you and knocking on the door of your heart. And he's calling you and he's inviting you to put your trust in him. To bring all of your needs, all of your weaknesses, all of your struggles and just be honest with him. And allow him to meet you where you're at. 
let him set you free. And it may be that trusting Jesus is something that you've never done before and it seems a little bit scary. A little bit strange. Or it might be that actually it's something that you have done before and you're wondering why your heart feels stirred and why there's this internal battle going on because surely I'm already a Christian and this you know, isn't something I need to worry about. But you know, actually God is inviting you to open up your heart and to trust him in a deeper way. And to allow him to work in a new area of your life to bring about freedom. Well, Either way, I want you to know that you can trust Jesus. You can trust him. The whole reason that he came was so that you could enjoy freedom. You can trust him. So have courage today and invite him into your life. Invite him maybe into a specific area of your life that you've kept close to him. And you will never ever regret it. Because his heart is for you and it is simply to set you free. And there is nothing like that moment when truth that you've known in your head drops into your heart and suddenly you can live in it and walk in it and experience it. It's the best decision you can make.